welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Okay, welcome back to the Define the Relationship podcast. We're continuing in our going a little bit deeper practice with our Sunday morning um, sharing and and uh, reflections that Darlene and myself are doing. So it's uh, Ted back again with you and... Dar. And Dar. <laughs> um, so we're in this series where we're focusing on the reality of Jesus. And uh, just for a little backstory... Um, I think we were drawn to this this uh, this topic, this reflection, primarily because our purpose as a church is to make Jesus real, and um, it's pretty embedded in our community from young to old. If you ask people what the purpose of Seeds is, they'll say make Jesus real, but I think uh, embedding the statement is far easier than... Um, embedding what that means for us and uh and it's shifted over the years i think too so we thought it was a good time to dive a little deeper into jesus and who jesus is and what we believe is is relevant and real about jesus here in now in in the time that we're living in so and in light of the podcast name defining the relationship kind of looking at how do we define our relationship with Jesus and how do we know who Jesus is and yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, today Darlene's going to be in the hot seat. She shared on Jesus the Reconciler and uh, um, she, in her teaching on Sunday, she basically focused your, you focused your thoughts on kind of two aspects of the idea of Jesus as Reconciler. One in terms of what could we rest in or what could what could be sort of the good news of Jesus as reconciler and then what the challenge that flows out of that that reality so do you want to what do you want to pick up on about that i mean you had maybe 15 minutes to talk which isn't a very long time for for uh, people like us who talk for a living um I'm curious what now that reflecting on on sharing that what are some things that you would maybe want to add to what you shared or some things that you wished you could have spent some more time on that that didn't Well, I think for me it's so easy to to talk a lot about like what does it mean um for us to be reconcilers because just drawing from second Corinthians five um, words that we've heard a lot over the years about Jesus being um, and, and I, maybe I should actually back up and say, when I talk about Jesus um, like Wes came up to me afterwards after the service and he said, when are you going to, are you going to talk about Jesus as like the eternal Christ? Like, so we're not just talking about Jesus, like the person that, that lived thousands of 
years ago, but we're also talking about like Jesus, God, like the eternal Christ, Jesus that existed before the foundations of the world and will continue to exist eternally. Um, so which one are you talking about when you're talking about Jesus as reconciler, do you well, think? Well, I, I think, I think both, but it's just for the purposes of today. Um, well, that's a good question, but I, I think more of the person of Jesus in this, in this case, as we start looking, when we're looking at who Jesus is and what's real about Jesus, um, there, there isn't like one characteristic or one story that kind of is exemplary of, of Jesus as reconciler. But I said this on Sunday that it, you pick one, pick any story Mm -hmm. and, um, and look for the ways in which Jesus is, um, reconciled, reconciling in the sense of putting back together. Um, one of the reasons that I find Jesus so compelling is, is that God is reconciling. God is moving the entire cosmos toward towards being together. And that's why I started with this quote from Theodore Parker about how the arc of the universe is bent towards justice. And so, and so I guess the thing to rest in is that, that we're part of that. Hmm. We're part of like in a very, um, intimate way. We're part of what is being put back together. Mm-hmm. And I think that is good news. And mm-hmm. I think if that, if, if God is real, if God is, um, active, then God is bending towards wholeness and shalom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So just to pick up on that, it, something that struck me as you were saying that, well, there's, there's two things I think we should, maybe we could talk about. One is, um, we often at Seeds talk about how we want to talk about our connection to ourselves, to others, and and with God. Mm-hmm. And it feels like reconciliation has sort of uh, is is relevant to all three of those understandings. That for sure, um, maybe one of the the biggest struggles that we have in our life as as persons is feeling that we're connected to who we are and living out who we are truly like that's a real big struggle for people like um basically when we say like we need to get it together (laughs) you know we need to get our crap together we're recognizing that even within ourselves there's things that are at war with each other and there's conflict in ourselves and we want to find a unity of our own being and a sense of like our am i living the life that i meant to live right yeah, like is there is there a, an alignment with w- who I am and what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's kind of where you are hitting the resting as as human beings in Jesus. We are 
we are promised that we will find that put-togetherness in ourselves. Yeah, and that the death and resurrection of Jesus, the the kind of life Jesus lived, Jesus the person Mm -hmm. lived and died, and that that is kind of, not kind of, that is what is the reconciling force, I guess. Right. So the thing I was going to pick up on, though, was that you said that if God is real, Mm -hmm. then, then the energy behind who God is will be a bringing things back together. Like you say, the arc, the arc of justice, the arc of, of reconciliation is, will be the arc of that history under God. And I, it just kind of to flip that, it seems like one of the biggest obstacles to belief in God, belief in Jesus is the very, fact that people look around and they see so much that is broken and that isn't together and it forces people to ask the question well if there was a god who whose energy is putting things back together why do we continue to experience so much that seems fragmented and blown apart so um it seems like it's not just a a theoretical question because people are kind of deciding or committing to God or not based on how together things are. Yeah. What what do you think of that? I mean, I think I think the wrestle there is that it it sometimes feels the opposite of true that we we're not aware of if things are moving in that direction of God is is actively putting things together if the universe is bent towards justice like you kind of, it it doesn't feel, particularly in this time like that, that doesn't feel very true. And so this is where people's doubts about, well, if, if this was really true, then we would see evidence of it. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I mean, it goes it goes back to some pretty deep theological... Um, conversations that I, I'm not sure if we're, we want to have right now, but around, you know, um, in what way is God active in the world? In what way does God move? So, well, if God was good, God would have stopped that. Like, if God was good, this wouldn't have happened. And that's not how we understand um, the movement of God, because if God wouldn't allow any bad things to happen, then, you know, like where, where do we begin and end with that? Right. So we have an understanding that we have an understanding or a theology of, of God's, um, goodness, not being one of control and, um, kind of two things that, that God is always, um, that seems to be at play is our own free choice in as human beings, as um, past and present and future. And, and also the natural law kind of, this is what happens when you, you know, are flying down a highway and 
you know, if you're not prepared for a corner, then the trajectory of that's just, it's physics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, wow. I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but where, well, where are we going? <laughs> oh, I don't know where we're going. I think, uh, <laughs> I just was thinking about how there's something, um, let me put it this way, that the question of reconciliation is a very relevant one to almost all of humanity. Like no matter how you kind of view things, oh, yeah, there, yeah. there's something inside of us that we think that fairness matters. We think that things that have been broken need to be put back together. So this is like a, something that's deep in human beings of doesn't matter what culture you're from or uh, what ethnicity or whatever. And yet it seems like this question of, well, is Jesus real? Um, kind of is sort of dependent on how we answer this question because this is such an important question for humans. Right. But I also think, like I found myself saying on Sunday as well, that um, this is the kind of scenario where I think, well, I can have all kinds of questions. I will have questions for the rest of my life about like what is real and how do these things work. Um, and there's a time for those. But even if, even if that stuff wasn't true, like at the, at the end we find out, well, that's not how things work. Um, do I want to be a part of a community of people that works towards bringing things together. Mm-hmm. It, it's a no brainer. It's, it's like, sign me up. This is, this is what I want to be a part of in my life. And I have a sense that this is what God is up to. This is what the divine is up to. And so in, I suspend some of my, um, I don't know how that, mm-hmm. I don't know how these things work. Yeah but I want to be a part of being reconciled. I want to be a part of a community that brings about reconciliation. And that's super complicated and messy, obviously, but it's like, where else would I go? Mm -hmm. What else would I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, we just, uh, it's hard not for, for me to connect to the conversation we had earlier today with, Jason Biassi about the Bible, and uh, that podcast will be coming out. I don't know if it'll come out before this one or it'll come out afterwards, but he uh, he talked a little bit about how sometimes our ability to actually understand and get at what's going on in the scriptures in the Bible is that we need to come already with sort of a commitment to do some of the things that we will find there. Mm -hmm. Like, um, he talked, he talked about how, what, one of the things that he respected of, about Mennonites, and it's always nice to, when someone says something nice about your, your own tribe. Um, he said that, you know, Mennonites start with nonviolence as being something that's important to them. And then they, then they go to the scriptures and see, how this is a part of the character of God. This is, is fundamental to who Jesus is, but there's something about practicing nonviolence, practicing, um, being that type of community under difficult circumstances that shapes one to pursue that and see how this is a part of one of the ways that God puts things back together. And it's not through force. 
it's not through coercion or violence, but it's, uh, it's through sacrificial love. And so, um, it's, it kind of feels a little bit just putting it in the context of what you were sharing. It's almost like the challenge to be reconcilers might be very powerful in shaping how we begin to understand how we have been reconciled, that we, this is something that that's being offered to us by Jesus. And, um, it's not like, well, I've got to feel reconciled myself first before I can engage the importance of being in a, in helping put together things that are broken. Um, I don't know. Does that, mm -hmm. does that resonate for you? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jason also said, like, if we're gonna, if we're looking for an angry jerk of a God, we'll find that. And, you know, we'll find that in scripture. And if, and likewise, if we're looking for, um, Jesus, the reconciled God, the reconcile, we, we will find, we'll find it. And that's why I said, take any story of Jesus in the new Testament, just pick anyone. And, and I think I think you could probably, well, maybe somebody will challenge me on that. <laughs> Are you up for the challenge? Yeah. Sure. I, I can't think of one offhand. I've been trying to think. I'm like, I'm going to stump Darlene. There's got to be some story. But I think that there's something. Um, yeah, there's like when Jesus came on the scene and said, this is what my purpose for being here. It was all about, um, it was about healing Healing is about give sight to the blind. It's about wholeness. Yeah, yeah, give sight to the blind. So there's there is this um, strong ministry that Jesus had about about fixing things and bringing things back together. I mean, fixing we sometimes we try to fix stuff that's not really fixable, but in the sense that stuff that's come apart could be brought together. And I think it's not insignificant that Jesus, the one who came. God who came as human and who we have pretty good, um, you know, we have a pretty good record of the stories of Jesus and what Jesus said, you know, that that does connect to the purposes of God, which are beyond. And then when we think of Jesus as the Christ, like one of the, one of the scriptures that you, um, yeah. So I think what I was, was trying to get at is that Jesus and the Christ, the eternal Christ who is God, um, you know that these these missions overlap you know we see we see jesus t tangibly bringing about reconciliation in everyday scenarios and then when we learn about the christ like i'm thinking of colossians 1 where mm -hmm. it talks about how um in starting in 15 that jesus is the image of the invisible god and was the firstborn of all creation. So it's like looking back and saying, Jesus was there in the beginning. And we also know Jesus is also going to be there in the end. And it says that, um, yeah, his, his job is to hold all things together, to bring things back together. And it's like, that's that whole cosmic, much bigger than just our attempts at bringing about relational reconciliation and making things better between people in a relationship. It's just sort of it. There's something, there's something powerful about 
um, how a simple act that we can make towards reconciliation in our life is sort of caught up in something far bigger than that. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful to think about. We don't often have that perspective, but we, I think we really feel the need for it, like globally and individually. I, I mean, I think I feel very aware of how desperately we are in need of wholeness. I'm thinking so much about, and I think other people are thinking so much about the things, the practical things in our life that, that, that feel so divided that they are beyond repair. And, you know, I, I, I do worry sometimes about where it's all going to go and, and how I'm supposed to be, how I am potentially invited to be, um, more reconciled myself, like more put together myself and, and to, to become more and more a reconciler. And for me, this is where it just gets so, (laughs) that's the only word I can use because it's like, ah, I don't know how to do that. And, and, you know, it's, it's so caught up in, in past messages and well, is that how, how it works? You know, is it just to always be nice? And I think, I think, Genuinely, one of my gifts is uh, to see things from other people's perspectives. Hmm. And I think I'm a bridge builder in that sense, but it's also sometimes that that I, you know, am, am more afraid of conflict and just kind of want people to feel heard and listened to and sometimes shove down my own, my own sense, my own voice, my own ideas or whatever. And so I don't know. I, I think how I'm a reconciler would look different than how you're a reconciler, Mm -hmm. but, and maybe, maybe part of it is that, people can start to think about, oh, so what gift do I have in my community or in my family or in my workspace? Like what's my, what's my, um, kind of superpower in the area of reconciliation? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I, something that, something that's sort of connecting for me, um, you spent a a fair amount of time talking about second Corinthians five and, um, at least in the message, in the message translation, it talks about, um, basically says, I'm just paraphrasing, I don't have it right in front of me, but it says something to the effect of um, God has made friends with you, like sort of mm-hmm. uses friendship language and then mm-hmm. says, now now go and make friends for God kind of is the mm-hmm. the, the, the import of it. And I thought, well, that's kind Receive of a, and go. Yeah, and it's a, I feel like, being a friend, having a friend, being a friend, this is something quite tangible to us that we can kind of get at the, you know, at the, at, right at the ground level, you know. Um, 
and uh, and maybe that sometimes it's as simple as that in whatever environment we find ourselves in on a particular day. What does it mean to to offer friendship to people? I mean, sometimes it's like you said, just being able to hear another person's perspective and help see things from a different perspective and make space for somebody that that's a that can be a powerful act of reconciliation when you clear some space for for a person to speak and say what's going on for them and uh and they don't have to feel guarded they don't have to feel like they have to um, defend themselves they can just be themselves and you make that space for them um, and that sounds all nice and no, well, it's not easy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it sounds it sounds nice. But sometimes reconciliation on a in on a more macro scale, when you're thinking about um, large um, chasms of disintegration and brokenness and injustice. Sometimes being a reconciler is being a shit disturber. Hmm. And, you know, maybe, maybe in the work of reconciliation, some people, I'm thinking of the Enneagram and I'm thinking about like an eight, for instance, may have like a certain kind of eight that might have more of an instinct for, um, this way that things have been working is not, that's broken. And we need to move towards a more holistic vision. And so it might even not look like that person or that organization is really reconciliatory at all in some ways, but it's because they're plowing new ground to get to a more holistic vision. And I, so I, I think there's many ways in which reconciliation could look and feel and sound like. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I, I think I agree. I think um, just to push back a little bit on the mm-hmm. friendship piece, um, sometimes making space for, for people, befriending them, um, ends up disturbing disturbing things like... Um, thinking back to Jesus, I mean, he was he was known as a friend of sinners, and this was like uh, mm-hmm. this was a slur that was being thrown at him. Um, in that context, a sinner meant that you were categorically on the outs, like you were either unclean or you were a part of a group of people that was not considered on the in with God. And Jesus befriended those people, sat down with them, had meals with them. And it seemed to often cause a lot of trouble, like Mm -hmm. um, kind of to highlight that statement by the late John Lewis from the United States who said like, well, I'm about trouble, good trouble, you know, and so it's like Jesus was, and, you know, Jesus wasn't shouting, Jesus wasn't um, making a stink about anything. Jesus was simply acknowledging the existence of and the value of people who were on the margins of society. And so um, so my pushback is that friendship with people who are on our, the margins of our society or maybe friendship with people who we have traditionally seen as being our enemy 
that those kinds of friendships uh, are very reconciliatory in the sense that they are bringing together things that are broken and need to be put back together and often disrupt and rupture these these separations that that are there so i i I mean i agree with you i think that um reconciliation isn't always sort of uh idealistic motherhood and apple pie yeah but no no, but you're connecting you're connecting the friendship with the disturbance yes and that they're not like oh well when they're they're held together they're not actually separate yeah yeah and i think maybe another kind of challenge of reconciliation is that um many people have an experience of reconciliation being forced on them kind of in a violent coercive way and saying like uh, you, you have know, to forgive yeah make you it need, better make, yeah. you have to make it better because god's about making it better and you have to make it better now and one of the complexities and also i think the depth of reconciliation is that real reconciliation involves acknowledging stuff um I think about our Truth and Reconciliation Commission in Canada with our Indigenous people, and a huge part of that process, before they ever got to a report and recommendations about how things, how reconciliation could move forward, a big part of it was people acknowledging what happened to them, what happened to their parents, being honest about stuff that happened that is, was really wrong, broken, just um, should never have happened. And some people who were perpetrators of this saying, yes, this happened and we need to take responsibility for it. And uh, so in that sense, reconciliation isn't very pretty. It's quite messy because it means drawing on experiences that, uh, um, yeah, they're just, they're just negative. And so we need to always think about reconciliation as not being something that gets forced on others, mm-hmm. especially from people who are holding more power than others and mm-hmm. saying, like, you just have to, you know, I mean, we're, unfortunately, as parents, sometimes we we got into that habit with, with our children to say, or even with our children's friends, you know, to say, like, like say something nice to each other and, and work it out and, and stuff like that. And we weren't always very concerned about hearing what all had happened and, you know, understanding the truth of a situation it's sort of like let's, let's make get it better it being good again <laughs> kiss and makeup you know so, so so yeah so these are just it's very important to recognize that these things are not easy things at all yeah yeah this is not simplistic um not simplistic in any way um so after the service on sunday Kevin came up to me and he said, well, actually I came up to Kevin and he said, where's my, where's the five point plan? <laughs> and you said, when has there ever been a five point plan at <laughs> right. Seeds Church? But I think, I mean, what he's getting at is what we're always like, okay, it's always like, how do we, how do we do this? What, do you have any like, I don't know. I Okay, let me back up a bit while you think about that. Because I think the big challenge in 
in being people that are part of this ministry of reconciliation, as it's said in Second Corinthians 5, is um, the only way that we are really going to access that is by deepening our maturity, our spiritual maturity, our ability to see um, beyond kind of our own thoughts and feelings, our own experiences beyond what we think about other people and what their opinions are. Like, I think the one point plan (laughs) is, uh, has something to do with, um, our own work of, of, um, maybe receiving reconciliation, communing with God. Um, these are all more, you know, kind of perhaps mystical things to say, but, but basically growing up in faith. Hmm. Yeah. It seems to, seems to make a lot of sense that if you're going to enter messes, situations that need to come together, it kind of assumes that there, there's something wrong and difficult and hard. It will be very difficult to enter into those spaces if we don't have a sense that we're going to be okay. Yeah. No matter what happens, we're okay. And we're okay not because, well, we just finally got our crap together as as a person and we know we know the right things and we know what to do and we're strong in the right places. It's not about that. It's about acknowledging that, you know, through Jesus, we are shown that God wants to make friends with us and God wants to make friends with us because we're valuable, we're important. And because we were created by God, we, you know, we have an inherent wholeness to us that, um, that we can rest in when we, when we acknowledge that relationship with God. And that gives us the ability to step into some difficult places. Do you feel like that's tangible for you? Um, that's a yeah, good question. I, I, I sometimes feel like what's most tangible to me is just the recognition that that reconciliation is kind of the is kind of the work that we've been given as human beings, uh, as the group of people called the people of God, the church. Like reconciliation is like sort of on the agenda for us, mm-hmm. and so it means that if that's true, then we have to we have to find ways to engage the opportunity to be reconcilers. And often that feels like, well, I don't know. Sure. I want to, I don't want to get into that. Like that feels like somebody's going to get hurt. And often it feels like, well, I'm going to be the one that's going to get hurt in the process. I'm going to, I'm going to come up with scars and the, just remembering that, okay, but this is why we're here. This is why, this is why we're here. We should move out with some trust and faith that if this is why we're here, then this is a 
a good path to be on. And, uh, and fortunate enough to have experiences where being on that path has borne some fruit. There's been growth. There's been good stuff has come out of it. And, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't make it necessarily easier the next time. Really. It just maybe in the back of your mind, you know, well, you know, we haven't been failed at, we weren't failed that time by God. And, uh, we need to step into it again and be, be bridge builders or, or however you want to describe it. Yeah. This is also where I think that our, um, our value or anchor, sorry, of taking time to listen is like this, this moment in history that we're in right now. Um, if we want to be reconcilers in this moment, I think we need to kind of practice that fine tune, that listening muscle of, you know, taking time and, that's more than, it's more than just like, yeah, it's don't be ref, as reflexive as we sometimes are just like jumping in with our, our thoughts and opinions and our, our reactions. And, um, it means that if it, it means tuning into it, like a deeper knowing, mm-hmm. I think Roar uses that language maybe sometimes as well. Is that does Roar use that language or who? Sounds like something Roar might say. Yeah, like, um, so it's okay to recognize, well, when that person does that, that makes me feel angry. And I'm feeling really triggered right now. And I'm angry. And sometimes it's okay to speak from that place. Sometimes it's not okay. What What's wise, you know? this is This is coming back to the you know, the, the book by Pete ends, this is the wisdom work of reading the Bible. And it's also the wisdom work of living in the world and being the church. Um, when our kids were little, sometimes we let them see that we were mad and I don't, you know, it, we had, I think a goal of trying to remain calm and, you know, that might've been, an important thing to have a lot of the times to be calm, but sometimes they also just needed to see that we were really upset. Sometimes we are really hurt if they would say something. And so we, the only way we're going to get to some of these places I feel is by, um, tuning into that deeper knowing and let, okay, so this is how this initially makes me feel. Now I'm going to sit with this for a bit and I'm going to invite kind of a deeper mystery. I'm going to invite an intimate um, presence of God to also come and be with me in this moment and then lead me forward. It's like real, tangible and... (laughs) mystical relationship yeah yeah it just it reminds me that over the over the years that we've been in the roles that we have at seeds we've often taken time to listen on a weekly basis and i mean quite honestly when we start a week um 
I mean, this is, I think this is a common experience for people. At the start of a week, there's anxiety about the agenda of the week. There's anxiety maybe about meetings or, or problems that need to be addressed. And uh, you can feel at the beginning of your week like things are not together, like mm-hmm. things are not the way that you want them to be, and you feel it, like you feel it in your gut, and you might even feel a little bit like nauseous about about the week. And um, we've often had a practice of simply asking the question, well, should we, should we take some time to listen? Mm-hmm. And the most often question we ask is, well, what do we need to know this week, Jesus? Like what's, what's the thing we need to know? And Jesus often gives us a five-point plan <laughs> of what needs to happen this week. No, we never get a plan of what to do, but I can't ever think of not hearing something um, that like, that we hear something that that helps us rest in something larger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll hear something about, well, you know, you're worthy, or um, you can, you know, take the pressure off, or you can rest, or you can, you know, it's always something that's sort of big enough that. We could just trust in it and trust going forward that that would be enough to guide us and lead us through mm-hmm. the week. And uh, usually, it's something like, you know, that is a reminder that we're not making the world turn around. That true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet, we're invited to participate. Yeah, yeah. So pressure's off, and yet, an invitation to get in there and be reconcilers. So if I would think about the seeds community, I, I guess, um, what I would love to do myself and for others is, is for us to just take some time to listen and think about maybe consider what our, um, our unique places of reconciliation are right now, you know, where we need to rest in where we need to receive something or where we need to kind of join with to help something move towards wholeness and what that, what gift we might have to offer that. Sounds like a good plan, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good, good conversation. I hope, that it's beneficial to you who are listening. I know it's beneficial to the two of us to have the conversation. So we will see you in the future. Take care. Bye-bye.